Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. I want to, again, welcome y'all to church, and those of you who are watching online, I just looked at the comments, and some of you, you just couldn't make it in because of uh, people running, on, just people randomly running down the road, you know? So I totally understand that this is the odd day uh, for City Life Church, but it, it's still a good day, and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing God's Word with you. If you're watching online, and those of you who are, are in this room, I encourage you to go ahead and get your Bibles open. First uh, Samuel chapter three and King and First Kings the the one on First Kings jumped up to the previous line if you're in this room so there is no Kings there's first and second so First Samuel chapter three verse one and First Kings chapter nineteen verse eleven and hold your place in both of those locations while you're doing that uh, on your way out today you're going to receive this cool little shopping list and this is for candy and stuff for the uh, for our kids Easter egg hunt that is coming up in just a few weeks yeah Easter is actually coming up really quick and it comes in a little early this year. So so we need we need a lot of candy. In fact, it's it's uh, it's interesting because people will just be driving down the road and seeing the urban Easter egg hunt happening and stop and and just jot, dive right in. And we want that to happen. Plus, we want to make sure there's plenty of good candy and stuff for all the kids and and uh, all whatever they have on here. Just just make sure take this with you and uh, and keep it in your car, keep it in your purse or your pocket or whatever, and stop by and grab some things. Also, uh, this the same list is on the. City Life app. So if you go there, you can have that shopping list for you as well right there. Also, I want to re- encourage you, Tim at 12, uh, this Wednesday at noon. We always uh, air it on Wednesday at noon, and it's also available after that. But uh, but Tim at 12, I'm going to continue with my series called Finish Well, but I'm talking about taking the lid off of God, because a lot of times we have these major tasks or big things that, that we're, we're supposed to be doing for the Lord, and uh, and we, we get frustrated in the process. We want to give up, or we don't know what to do next, and we kind of freeze sometimes. And so, so what what this message is about is about taking the lid off of God, letting God out, letting God be active to come alongside us in the middle of our challenges that we're facing. So, uh, look forward to seeing you online at uh, at noon on Wednesday. All right. Well, today I'm starting a brand new series of messages, and it's called this. Here's what it's called. It's called called, shh, listen to his whisper. Now, I know every one of you are wanting to practice saying shh and whisper right now because you can't really say that without you wanting to say it, but you don't know whether you have permission to say it or not, but you do. So let's just just do it. Just go ahead and get it out of your system right now. Just say shh. That feels good. You're saying it. Shh. Now, that doesn't mean you can't say amen in this service, okay? That doesn't, that, that's not what this means, but that's the, that's the title that I've given to the series of messages, which is going to take us right up until Easter. And, uh, 
Today's message title is called Potent Whispers. You're going to understand what this means as we go through the series. But uh, hey, I, there's this interesting story in 1957. There was this man by the name of Al, Dr. Alfred Tomatis. He's a, he was a French doctor, and he was confronted with this bizarre case. And he had, he had over 50 years of experience in his field. He was a world-renowned otolingologist, and I did say that right. And he, he, he knew what he was doing. This guy was brilliant, brilliant, intelligent. But he had a, uh, a patient, and this patient was a very famous opera singer. But this opera singer had lost his ability to hit certain notes. And, and, uh, and he had, those, those notes were like right within his vocal range. I mean, he could hit them, but he couldn't hit them. And so the, the man had been to multiple specialists, and, and all of them were saying, eh, you, you have some kind of a vocal problem, but they couldn't figure it out. Why can he hit all the notes around it, but not these particular notes, this, this little range of notes in there? And so he went to go see Dr. Tomatis, and, and Dr. Tomatis stated, oh, no, this is not a vocal problem after, after spending some time with him. So what he discovered is that this opera singer could project, when he would sing, he was producing one. 140 decibels of sound at a meter's distance. Now, just in case you're wondering what that is, that's the same as a gunshot, or that's the same as, actually, it's more than like a fire engine rushing by, or, or the sound of jackhammers, an intense, loud sound. So what Dr. Tomatis had discovered about him is that the opera singer, because he was singing so loud, he had deafened himself to certain notes in his own voice. And so because he could no longer hear those particular notes, he could no longer hit or sing those particular notes. And so Dr. Tomatis, he, he wrote this up and he, he had this famous quote. It's a very, very famous quote today. And here it is. It says, the voice only contains what the ear can hear. The voice only contains what the ear can hear. I've basically made it a little bit shorter and a little more simpler for us because we're not doctors. <laughs> Most of us aren't. But it's, it's very simple here. You can't say what you can't hear. You can't say what you can't hear. So, so the, the French Academy of Medicine, they have uh, dubbed that the tomatus effect, and, and they found out the ramifications go much further than the opera. But it's very, very interesting. And so often we want to, we even want to say, we want, we want to talk about what God is saying. A lot of people say they are, they are prophets or whatever, and they're saying stuff, but are they really saying what God is saying? Because, but, but this is important. You can't say what you can't hear. And in fact, I believe that you can't even do what God says if you can't hear what God says. You can't follow his voice if you're not tuned into his voice. And, and I'll just be honest, most of us have at least some level of a hearing problem, and I'm talking about a spiritual hearing problem. Uh, when I was a staff pastor back when I was in my 20s and 30s serving on staff at a large church, uh, I, I, would, I would quite often do a lot of the stuff on the platform, and, like receive the offerings and give some action calls and announcements and things like that, lead in prayer. And uh, 
one, one, uh, one Sunday evening, getting, leading in prayer, just before the sermon was about to begin, I prayed this prayer, God, speak to us. Speak to us through the pastor. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us, God. Speak to us. I thought it was a great prayer. I was really happy with my prayer. And, uh, but then Monday morning rolled around, and I was at the office. My pastor came into my office and closed the door, and he said, I, I'm going to ask you to not pray that prayer again. I said, what? He said, you're, you're praying that God will speak to us. And, and I said, yeah. He goes, I love it. He would just say, that's bad theology. He says, God is already speaking. God's voice is already speaking. The problem is most people don't have the ability to hear. Therefore, pray this. Pray something to the effect of God. Help me to hear what you have to say to me today. God, help me to hear and receive it. And, and I embraced that and began to realize that. And, and, and I, I've, uh, I, I don't pray that way anymore. I don't pray for God to speak because he's already speaking. And we see all through the scriptures how God spoke to people uh, in ancient times. And, and, uh, and he, he, would, he would use some really mysterious ways of talking to people back in the Old Testament and ancient times. I mean, he, he called Abraham. I don't know even how that happened. We just finished with our little series on Abraham. And I don't even know how he spoke to Abraham, but he did. And uh, but I know he did speak to Moses. He spoke to him through a, a burning bush. And he spoke through dreams, through the prophets and things like that. But what about today? Does God still speak in today's world? Well, absolutely he does. But typically, it's in the form of a whisper. Now, it's my goal in this series to help you guys to uh, discern what the voice of God is. And I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to practice listening. I'm going to challenge you to, uh, to, to obey what you hear and to tune into the voice of God. You know, here's, here's a theory of mine. All of us have problems, uh, relational problems, maybe financial problems or emotional problems or spiritual problems. And, and we, we tend to think those problems are the problem. But those problems are typically only symptoms of the root problem. And the root problem is this, is that our ears have been deafened to the voice of God. We're not hearing God anymore. And, and sometimes those voices that are going on, they might be some negative self-talk that you're doing. And God just simply can't get a word in edgewise. Possibly it's a voice of criticism, criticism of other people, and a voice of complaining. And, and, and you've been doing, using those voices and hearing those voices for so long, it's basically drowned out the voice of God. And you can't even hear anything else except all of that clutter. It may be the voice of conformity. It possibly could just simply be the voice of the ever-shifting culture. It could be uh, a voice of condemnation. But, but I want you to understand this. and Listen clearly to this. There is a name that the enemy, Satan, goes by, and he goes by this. He is the accuser of the brothers, the Christian brotherhood. He's the accusers of believers. He is the accuser. He is also the father of lies. And if you listen to his lies and take those lies in and begin to believe those lies, they will deafen you to the voice of God. And you won't be able to hear God's voice. You won't be able to really praise and sing God's song. Your life, in a sense, will be off key. But there's good news. 
And the good news is this, is that learning to discern the still, small voice of the Lord is the solution to a thousand problems. Hearing it, discerning it, and understanding this is the voice of God. I mean, discerning the voice of God, I believe, I believe it's critical to discovering the, uh, the identity that God has for you, the destiny God has for you. It's being able to listen and to hear the voice of God. And his voice is joy. His voice is, is wisdom. His voice is healing. His voice is peace. His voice is power. His voice is grace. His voice is truth. So I want us to take a look at how all of this got started. Uh, I put this for you up on the screens, but in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the very beginning of the scriptures, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and here's the moment, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Do you realize that those four words, let there be light, is still creating uh, galaxies at the outer edges of our universe? Do you realize that? Scientists can't figure out how does all this keep happening? Lights just keep appearing further and further out. Let there be light. It's still working. It's still active. I mean, how did God do it? Well, he spoke. He used his voice. And the universe, in a sense, I believe the universe is God's way of saying, look what I can do with just four words. Now, if God can create the universe starting with just four words, then what in the world are we so stressed out about? You know, God, God think about this. God spoke the universe into existence. I mean, and that's the same voice that split the Red Sea. It's the, it's the same voice that caused the sun to stand still. It's the same voice that healed the withered arm. And it's the same voice that withered a fruitless fig tree. It's the same voice that turned the water into wine. It is that voice that, that causes these synaptic uh, connections between the optic nerve and the visual cortex of a blind man's brain. And, and that is amazing, his voice is. It's a voice that can resurrect a man who was four days dead. And there is nothing God's word, God's voice cannot do. There's nothing it can't do. I mean, he can, he can speak through a burning bush. And he can speak through Balaam's donkey. His voice, his words can, can literally stop a storm on the Sea of Galilee with three words. Peace. Be still. Peace, be still. I know it, it's, it's tough for us to comprehend because we only use our voices in basic ways. We, can, we, we talk, we shout, and we, uh, and, and, and we sing. You know, it's, that's, that's really about it. That's how we use our voices. But, but how does God speak? I mean, does God speak audibly? Well, absolutely he does. God does speak audibly. But that is a very, very, very thin slice of what God actually does, how he communicates through speaking. So God's ability to speak is actually far beyond our ability to hear with our ears themselves. A lot of people will argue that, well, I've, I've just never heard the voice of God before. God's never spoken to me. Well, I would like to argue otherwise. It may be true that it's very seldom that we ever hear God's audible voice, but 
and, and that's because we have this small range of hearing. But, but the, the, the truth is, is that God is speaking and everything around us is structured with these four, like based upon these four words, let there be light. See, even what we see is what God did. Now that's really quite amazing when we begin to think that way. His voice is around us constantly, all the time. And uh, the reality is that we tend to be outside our range of hearing when God is actually speaking. Like this, the sound waves, as studying this, I found that sound waves do some very strange and mysterious things, stuff I could never figure out. But God's ability to speak is not limited to the sound waves and even our ability to hear. So God's voice, get this, God's voice isn't limited to an audible sound. That's the first thing we have to understand when it comes to hearing the voice of God. God will speak however he sees fit. And I like that about God. He speaks in a variety of ways at different times, but the problem is we're not listening. We're not picking it up. He uses his voice to create. He uses his voice to bring conviction into our hearts. He uses his voice to heal and to reveal and to guide and to, to give us more grace. And, and, uh, and I love the voice of God. Now, now, I'll tell you this. I'm all about prayer. I love prayer. Looking forward to Sunday of next week. We'll have our, have our prayer gathering here on Sunday evening. I, I love talking to God privately, corporately. I love prayer. But it's important to know that prayer is about half of the equation. It really is. See, there's this whisper, and the whisper is about listening, listening to God. And uh, I, I, I begin to think about this, looking at it in its reality and its depth. And if you want to ask me what's more important, I'd have to say it's a pretty easy answer. Because ultimately, I want to hear what God has to say more than God needs to hear what I have to say. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Is that good? That's good. That's good. See, I want you to get that. That's a, that's a tweetable thing right there, all right? Uh, I, come on, say it with me. I need to hear what God has to say more than God needs to hear what I have to say. To get that into your heart because we live in a culture where everybody wants to let their voice be heard. I mean, it's all over everywhere. You, you want your voice to be heard, but the problem is people have so little to say. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, just want to throw this out there. If you want people to listen to you, then I'd encourage you to begin to listen to God. And then you're going to have something worthwhile to say. So my prayer is that uh, this, this series of, of sermons, in this series of sermons, you're going to find your voice, but it's going to start with hearing the word, the word of God, hearing the voice of God, and discerning the voice of God. And if you're anything like me, there are some voices that you need to tune down, and there are some voices that you simply need to tune out. I'm going to be talking about more about that next week, and we're going to be talking about uh, tuning in and turning up the voice of God. But, but today, I want to give you a very, very specific challenge. And it comes from 1 Samuel 
chapter number three. So go ahead and get First Samuel chapter three, verse one, queued up there, ready to go. Because in this passage, there's a four-word prayer, a very simple four-word prayer. And I believe this prayer has the potential to change your life. And uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a context here before I get into it. But there was this woman by the name of Hannah. And Hannah was a woman who could not conceive. She just, she wanted a baby so bad. And she begged for a child, and but then God answered and gave her a child, and that boy's name was Samuel. So what Hannah did is Hannah gave Samuel back to God, and he served at the tabernacle with the high priest and with the priests. And it, the, the Bible says that he literally grew up in the presence of the Lord. So now take a look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Follow along with me. So it says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, Eli, who was the high priest at that time. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. That's important. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Kind of incredible here, if you want to get a picture of this. So, so Eli and Samuel, this, this is the tabernacle, but there was this inside part, which would be been called the holy place and the most holy place. And Samuel would have been lying right in there, right next to the Ark of the Covenant, which is pretty cool. He, so he, it was nighttime. He's like, hey, I'm just going to sleep right here. And that was probably a normal practice for him, but he was sleeping right next to the presence of God. Eli was somewhere nearby. Uh, as, a, as a kid hearing this story, I always thought like that Eli was his dad or something like that. And that's, he, Eli's not the dad. But, uh, but, but Eli was, was his dad and they were in their house. And, and I used to imagine like if, if I hear God's voice in the middle of the night, I'm going to know what to do because I've read this story, and that's, I'm not going to go say, Dad, what you want. But, uh, but, but, but I love this because he was sleeping right next to the presence of God. Let's, let's go in. Let's dive right back in here. Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back. Go back to bed. Go back and lie down. So, so we went, lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, well, here I am. You called me. My son, my spiritual son, you know. Eli said, I did not call. Now go back to bed. So listen, listen, this, this is good. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now a third time the Lord said, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Now I add the annoyance in the voice. I don't know if he would have done that with Eli, but that's how I would have felt. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Now, in those days, 
it was, it says that it was rare uh, that to hear the word of God. And there were not very many visions, which is actually very different than today. You see, today, because of what Jesus did for us, the Holy Spirit now lives within us. So there is no lack of the voice of God. And the Holy Spirit speaks through us. So there, there's no lack of the word of God today. But but it's, there's so much more that we can learn here. There's a lot that we can get from this story because when God spoke to Samuel, he had not yet learned to discern or to tune into the voice of God. He hadn't learned about that yet. We don't know how old he was, but, but we estimate maybe he was about 10 years old or so when this happened. In fact, he mistook the voice of God for the voice of Eli, the high priest. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 7 says that Samuel did not yet know God. That's important. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He didn't know how to hear God's voice. He didn't know how. It literally says he did not yet know God. Now, I want to pause there for a second. It's just like what I shared in my Timothy 12 Bible study uh, last week. That word know is the Hebrew term yada. It is much different than just head knowledge. We think of knowing something as head knowledge, data, information. That is our Western cultural uh, definition of to know something. But this is a very broad term. Yada means to touch. It means to be intimate. It means to participate in intercourse to praise, to be deeply familiar with. When I was uh, younger, we would use the King James Version of the Bible, and in there it said, like at the beginning, and Adam knew Eve. That didn't mean like, yeah, I know you. No, no, Adam knew Eve. Adam was intimate with Eve. So intimacy goes right along with this, and I think it's really important because that was the word that was selected to be put in there. In fact, Samuel himself was the author of these scriptures, so he definitely Definitely would have known that. See, Samuel did not yet know God. And that's why he mistook uh, the voice of God for the voice of Eli. He had not yet been intimate with God. He had not yet really praised him from the depths of his heart. He was not, not at that point even deeply familiar with God, although he was right there hanging out in the presence of God. And I'll tell you guys, this can happen to any of us. We, we hang around the presence of God from time to time, and, but we don't enter into intimacy with God. We have trouble, therefore, discerning the voice of God because we're just not intimate with God. We're close to God. We might be close to his presence. We might be right there next to where God is doing some amazing things, but we ourselves are not. We don't really know. We don't really know and experience the presence of God, and that's what I want for you. So Samuel had to learn to discern the voice of God. And that's when Eli gives Samuel the little piece of advice, which, which changes the whole trajectory of his life, where he says, go and lie down. And if he calls to you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So at that point, uh, Samuel hears the voice of God for the first time. And I, and I love this descriptor because you see this in, in, um, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19. It says, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and let none of his words words fall to the ground. So something shifted and changed when he began to discern the voice of God, when he began to know, know, yada, know God. 
So God then gave Samuel a prophetic voice, but it started with the prophetic ear that was tuned in to the voice of God. Why? (laughs) Because you can't say what you can't hear. Come on, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. You can't say what you can't hear. Just like what the doctor says, the voice only contains what the ear can hear. So here's your challenge. Your challenge is this, to simply begin to say and to pray these four words. Your servant is listening. A forward prayer, write that down. Your servant is listening. Begin to to stop, just stop talking and start listening. And then, then you're going to begin to experience and participate in the yada of God. You're going to fully know God, be intimate with him and praise him and become deeply familiar with him. There is this depth of relationship with God that, that many Christians never really enter into. And my challenge is to go into that depth of the presence of God and begin to hear and listen to his voice. Your servant is listening. I want you to go ahead and get 1 Kings chapter number 19, verse 11, queued up now. A little bit of a background on this, this passage before we look at it is God had performed a powerful miracle uh, regarding the prophets of Baal and they were put to shame and they were killed and, and Queen Jezebel became very angry, very mad. And this is, this is later on uh, in, in the story. This is, uh, uh, Samuel's no longer around at this point. But, but uh, at this point, she, she just became very upset with Elijah, and she threatened Elijah's life. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to make sure he is dead. So what Samuel did is, I'm not Samuel, but Elijah, what he did is he, he tried to run from that. So he ran out into the wilderness, and he literally went to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And, uh, and, and so he got there, and then when he got to Mount Sinai, um, he, 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 when he got there, God wanted to show him God wanted to show him how his power was great and God wanted to reveal himself to him and God wanted to show him how much he cares about him and cares about his people. So 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11, look at it. The Lord said to him, this is when Elijah's there at the uh, mountain of God, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. <laughs> That's huge. Then, A great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. That would have been amazing. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire came a gentle whisper. The ESV uses these these, uh, words. It says a low whisper. The New American Standard uses the terminology a gentle blowing. King James Version says a still small voice. And what we tend to dismiss as insignificant, these, these natural phenomenons that were happening that preceded the whisper, we tend to say they're insignificant because God wasn't in them. But I bet those things got Elijah's attention. You know, God does have an outside voice. And he's not afraid to use it. But when God really wants to be heard, 
And when he has something to say that is so important that he doesn't want you to miss it, God often speaks in a whisper just above your threshold of hearing. Why does he do this? Why in the world does God whisper? And considering this, it became clear because if you want to hear someone whisper, you've got to get close to them. In fact, it helps a lot just to get your ear as close to their mouth as possible. There's closeness of proximity. It speaks of intimacy. You lean into the whisper, and that's what God's wanting us to do. God wants us to lean into his whisper. And I believe that really, even more than hearing God, the goal is actually intimacy with God. Really, that's his goal. In fact, intimacy with God is what's happening on college campuses across America. And uh, what's happening is, is people are listening to the voice of God and they're becoming deeply intimate with Him and they're expressing that through their worship and their praise. And, and in some of these places, like they're saying that, that uh, students have been there 24-7, they can't shut down because there are always people there worshiping and there's a deep intimacy with God. That's what God desires. That's why God speaks in a whisper. He wants to be as close to you as possible, and he wants you to move in as close to him as possible. He wants intimacy. Now, why is that the case? Because he doesn't just want you to hear his voice. He wants you to experience his heart. He wants you to experience his passion. He wants you to experience his presence. And there are some Hebrew scholars that believe that the name of God, which is Yahweh, 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 is synonymous. They believe it's synonymous with the sound of breath, Yahweh. And these Hebrew scholars believe this. So, so on one hand, Jews in general, they believe that the name of God is so holy they shouldn't even pronounce it, so they take the vowels out. And, and that's how they, they, they will pronounce it. They'll, they'll, they will say it that way. Uh, but the truth is, is that on the other hand, his name Yahweh is the sound of a whisper. It's the sound of every breath that we take. It's our first word and it's our last word and it's every single word in between. In fact, nothing has the potential to change your life like the voice of God. Nothing. So it's not just the solution uh, to a thousand problems. It's, actually, it's the key to discovering your destiny. It's the key to discerning the good and pleasing and perfect will of God for you and for your life. It's, it's how God-sized dreams are actually conceived in us through the word of God, the voice of God, the whisper of God. That whisper of God is the genesis. It's the beginning of every, every breakthrough, every blessing, and every miracle. John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28 says this. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You see, Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice so that he could be united with us for eternity. 
And he laid down his life so that we could live. And because of God's great love for us, we have this privilege of listening to his whisper, listening to his voice when he speaks, and engaging with his presence and his intimacy. I'm going to challenge you to slow down this week and intentionally create quiet space. And I want you to evaluate, even for yourself, are you actually listening to God? This has become very, very challenging in our culture. And in many ways, I feel like it's almost diabolical how the enemy, how, what the enemy has done to cloud our brains with so much noise and data. I mean, how many of you now can even get into, how many of you can get into your car and you have to have something going? You have to have some music playing. You have to be listening to something. You have to be hearing, listening. Or, and, and those voices are drowning out the voice of God. And I'm asking us to quiet ourselves, eliminate Eliminate distractions that are keeping you from intimacy with God. You know, intimacy and closeness, if, I, if I'm going to be intimate and close with my wife and enjoy time with her and just really connect with her deeply, Rebecca is, is, would not want me to be on my phone just scrolling through stuff. Yeah, I, sometimes I'll go to a restaurant and I'll see a, I'll see a couple and, and it's usually a younger couple that are sitting there and it'll be a guy and a girl and you, obviously they're out on some kind of a date or something like that and they're both sitting there scrolling through their phones. I'm like, well, there's no connection there. There is no connection there. You gotta put down the distractions and connect deeply. See, one of the biggest arguments we have around my house is, Tim, why are you holding your phone? Like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because God isn't going to speak to me through that. You know what? There are some habits that probably need to be broken in your life. And these are habits that you've unintentionally developed. They're just habits, things you do, rhythms that you don't even recognize that are there. And they are preventing you from yada with God. Truly, truly knowing God, being intimate with him praising him from the depths of your soul and becoming deeply familiar with him. I want you to identify and I'm challenging you to demolish some habits this week and continually pray these four words. Your servant is listening. Some of you need to write that down and put that everywhere. Put it up on your, your calendar so it'll be a recurring appointment every once an hour so it'll constantly pop up. Your servant is listening. And learn how to listen to the voice of God. Why? Because God is already speaking. Big question for the day is this. Are you listening? And is he the loudest voice in your life? That's where I want you to get. I want you to get to there. I want you to listen to the Lord. There's, if we're going to participate in the things God has for us in our lives and our families, our church, and God using us and our businesses, it's going to come down to listening to God more than ever before. God desires yada. God desires intimacy. Listen to his I like noisy church services. 
I like church services where we do, where the noise is going, the instruments are playing, and people are shouting and screaming. I like that. I have no problem with that at all. I really, really like that. But there are times we just need to be quiet and listen. Be quiet and listen. Would you guys just lock yourself in with God? And before I go any further, I want to ask the question, are there any of you who are here today who are not in a right relationship with God? You're not serving God. And if Jesus were to return today, you don't know whether you would go with him or not. If you were to perish today, you don't know about your eternal destiny. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you in just a second to lift your hand because I want to connect my faith with yours and believe for a miracle. So as I'm, as I'm looking around, when I count to three, just lift your hand and that's going to, I'm going to connect my faith with yours. We're going to pray together. Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If that's you this morning, lift your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Just lift it up. Boom. Lift it high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me if you lifted your hand. Pray this with me. Dear Jesus, if you're online and you need to pray this prayer, pray these words. Dear Jesus, congregation, pray with me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your precious blood. Make me a new creation. Today I make the choice to give up my past and embrace the future that you have for me. Today I choose to listen to your voice and to be deeply intimate with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, just... Keep yourself locked in with God. And please no, certainly don't be on your phone or be doing anything that's going to distract you right now. I'm going to ask you to listen to God for just a minute. I want us to practice the presence of God. God is close. His spirit is close. His glory is close. But are we engaging with it? And I'm going to ask you to engage with it right now. Just say to the Lord, your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. Push out the other voices, the thoughts, the junk that's maybe even trying to bombard your mind right now. Push it away and tune yourself in to the voice of God intimacy listen to his whisper God I want to listen to your whisper I want to listen to your potent whisper I believe God is speaking to some of you some very specific things. And I, I feel like some of it is, is are things that God has spoken to you in the past and you didn't know if it was the voice of God or, right now, or not. And, but right now you're hearing that again. And listen to the voice of God now. Listen. 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 Come 
just experience him, experience his heart. Experience the heart of God. Jesus, Jesus. Lord, today we are making the choice to tune in to your voice. We want to know you. We want to experience your heart. We want to be deeply familiar with you, God. We want to have that intimacy with you that's deeper than any intimacy we've had before. Intimacy with the God of creation. God, we want to go beyond just hanging out around your presence. We want to go beyond being a spectator and even enjoying some of the beauty of the glory of God that splashes on us. God, we want to go beyond that. We want to go into intimacy with you. We want to experience your heart. We want to hear your whisper. Thank you, Jesus. Speak, Lord. Lord, your servants are listening right now. God, we want to be carrying these listening ears and listening heart with us throughout the rest of this day and through this week. God, I pray that you will bring revelation. You'll bring clarity. You'll bring wisdom. You'll bring direction. And that, God, you will begin to solve a thousand problems through the action of your voice and the intimacy that comes with it. In Jesus' name. I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. His whispers are potent. They are powerful. They are punchy. Begin listening this week and watch what God's going to do over these next several weeks as we go deeper and deeper into this topic. I believe God can transform situations in your home and your family and even in our church as we go into that intimacy with God. Today I I asked for no big closing song, no big cymbals. There's not even a percussionist up here. I like cymbals. Just to let you know, I like all that. I like loud. But I'm asking us today just to bask in the beautiful presence of God as we're dismissed and continue to listen to the voice of God. I'm not sure who's doing the closing today, but okay, come on up and I want you to go ahead and close us and and, um, leave here with these thoughts on your mind. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.